We were sitting on the bus one night and I asked uh, Vestal Goodman, where did that song come from? I knew Rusty had written it. Alan, she said, far back down the road somewhere, we were staying in a motel overnight. Most of the time we slept on the bus. You know what that feeling's like. But that night we were in a motel. And Hired and I came down for breakfast. She said, she said it was one of those better motels where they had breakfast. <laughs> Sam came down, that's the other brother, and said, Rusty didn't come down. Said we finished and we're sitting at the table and said finally Rusty came down and uh, looked like he'd been crying all night. And he said Vestal had been thinking a lot about what we do and he says you know it's easy for us to get a handful of microphones and get in front of a thousand people and we think we're cool. And he said I think it's time the Happy Goodman family realize it's not about us. And he said, I, I struggled with God all night last night. And said, he, he gave me a song. And that was the song. Sam used to tell it on the stage uh, years later about Rusty's song, Who Am I? That a king would bleed and die for. <laughs> Who am I that anybody would love me as much as God loved me? that he'd allow his only son to go to the cross is just unbelievable. Sam said, let me, and I, he used to bring a thousand or five thousand people to a halt. He said, I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> he said, uh, Rusty wrote that song several years ago, and he said, we were singing somewhere back down the road. He always used that term, back down the road somewhere. And he said, there was this soft brown Hispanic-looking man came up to Rusty, and Rusty was a little bit uncomfortable with him after the concert and said, could I talk to you, Mr. Goodman? He said, yeah. He said, I was raised in Brooklyn, New York, and was a part of a Hispanic gang, and I've got enough scars and puncture marks on my body to prove it. And he said, one night, me and three other fellas of my gang were walking down the side street and we passed a little mission. I don't know if you ever heard this or not, Alan. We passed a little mission and we were on our way to a gang fight. And inside that little mission was a girl, he said, I would guess her to be about eight years old. She was standing on a chair, Wayne, and she was singing that song. Who am I? He said, my buddies and I stepped inside and, and we just leaned against the wall and was listening to it and something happened. Something happened. Said, I don't, I don't know what happened, but said, after she finished that song, we all four walked down front, gave our heart and life to the Lord, never went back to gang fighting again. And when he would tell that story, if you'd look off to the side, Rusty would just be standing there, bawling his eyes out. Bible says it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Jeff, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll switch mics here. And uh, I don't like microphones. 
You know, I just was getting used to this thing over my ear last Sunday. And after church, somebody said to me, when did you start wearing a heart monitor? <laughs> I said, just as soon as I get this lousy microphone off my head, I'll start wearing a heart monitor. In a little while, since there's a lot of music on our heart this morning, appreciate the girls singing so much, and you're singing too. But if you'll, if you'll grab your hymnal and hold 745, that's an old, old camp meeting song. Is that okay, Bill? 745, and we'll close after a while and sing that together. Mike was good to let us, Mike and, and Sandy, to let us use that uh, whale in our class this week. Brent and I had a, had a, a real good time with the class, and, and I asked him if they would name that thing. <laughs> and you know, 36 of those little shavers did. When you look at life through the eyes of a child, you wonder what the thing Mike took his, his toy home this morning, you know. It's all right, Mike. Here are the names he gave it. Wally, Dominic, Orlando, Spot, Black Widow, Norman, Violet, and Bailey. There was Mike, Daniel, Jonah, Bobby, Ocean, Echo, Pink, Anthony, Becca, and Kaylee. Then he said Phoenix, Phineas, Onyx, Deep, Ollie, Florida, Flipper, Scarlet, Mr. McFinn, and Jesus. Several of them wanted to drain that crazy thing, Jesus. Sorry, Lord, that's not. <laughs> One said Lulu, Samantha, Wesley, Reagan, Mandy, Whale Quisha. Now, one of the girls said Whale Quisha. I have no idea what Whale Quisha means. So whoever said, yeah, you're all laughing. You know what it is. It's probably some foul word, and I'm up here blowing it off. Too. Yeah, all right. Don't do me that way. I'll haunt you till the day you die. Bob and George. I learned something yesterday from the kids. Every day of my life, I pray that I'll never get too old that I lose my learning curve. You know, when you get our age, you sort of think you know it all. You don't really know much at all. But anyway, I was watching them, and we had this whale story, and Brenda does a fine job, but if she was teaching them the song, I can't get that song out of my mind. I hate that song. What was it? How's that? Uh, do what? Who, who do? Do what? Yeah. Who did? Who did? Who did? Jojo Jonah. Who did? Who did? Who did? Who? Who did? Jojo Jojo. Who did? Jonah. Whale did the whale did the whale did. Who did? Who did? Jonah. I'm telling you, it's addictive. <laughs> anyway, I started off and, and uh, I told him a, a story, a very quick story, how 
how Brendan and his little eyes are all fastened on you. And I told him a little quick story how Brendan and I were offshore out in the ocean and we saw a big whale come up underneath us and right beside us and saw her calf so forth. And they're all looking at me. And then I said, Here, here's something about a whale you may not know. And I said, you know, a whale, a baby, when a baby is born, is 26 feet long and weighs about 8,000 pounds, drinks 100 gallons of milk a day, gains 9 pounds an hour, faster than anything on the earth. You can't even gain that much on a Big Mac trip of some kind. <laughs> and that 100 adults like us could stand in the whale's mouth and... and and they, they can talk to each other underneath the water for a thousand miles and understand each other. Just absolutely amazing. The heart's as big as a Volkswagen. Go ahead. You can, you can shout, Celia, if you want. <laughs> so you see Celia going downtown, a whale's heart's as big as hers, and kids could walk around in the heart. And a guy as tall as I am, seven foot tall, or six foot tall, I'm six foot six, I could stand up in the whale. I know you're not interested in that, but the kids were. And then I went ahead to proceed to tell them the biblical story, the theology of Jonah and the whale and Joppa and Nineveh, and they were as bored as all get out. <laughs> then it occurred to me, all four classes were the same. They were more interested in the story when it involved us than a history lesson about something that happened back there. And I think that's where we missed the point in the church. We were talking in class this morning. You know, it's funny. Most churches are filled up with church people. And, and any growth you got, you got some Baptists become Methodists and some Pentecostals become Advent or some non-Pentecostals become Advent. And, and some Advent go over and they become Lutheran. Lutheran become Catholics. And, and we don't really have a whole lot of people in the building, quite frankly, that are living out in the hellish conditions of life. So we just keep singing the same songs, preaching the same messages to each other over and over and over again. And when you get tired of it here, you go down the road to another one, and he's doing the same thing over and over and over again. You'd think sooner or later we'd learn this stuff. Wouldn't it be nice to have a church where half the church, half the church, were from the outside? <laughs> Brent and I got a friend back home, and uh, you know, if I'm if I'm on live stream, he may see it. He said he'd watch it today. He's named he's named Delbert Parker. Delbert, he'd stand there. He told me now, Donnie wears he wears suspenders and drink like a fish, cuss like a sailor, but never misses church. <laughs> never does. He sat there the other day, and I was talking to him. I said, Delbert, I got to have somebody who's looking for some burls for me. Well, I had to explain to him what a burl was, so he's out there looking. He said, I got you two of those burls and he's sitting there holding a can of beer and he's telling me about going to church and he's on the Sunday school list now. But you know there's something about him that's just refreshing. He's as honest where he is. He's pedaling as fast as he can catch up. Mark chapter 3. We've been there before. I'd like to read it again a little bit in there though. Mark chapter 3. I'm going to read kind of fast. 12 verses. He entered again into a synagogue, and a man there whose hand was withered. They were watching him to see if he would heal him on Sabbath so they might accuse him. Did you ever have a job somewhere where the supervisor or the manager just watched you all the time because he just needed to find something to kick you out? 
the terrible feeling. Terrible feeling. So he said to the man, come out here in the center. I love that. And after looking around on them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart. That, that, that phrase has been bugging me all week. It said Jesus looked around the crowd and he was angry at the same time he was grieved because of their hardness of heart. A mixture of pity and sorrow and everything at the same time. And he said to him, and he said to them, I love this, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath? And pardon my language, but he had them right by the rear end. He had a hold of them real hard and tight right then. Because, you see, the Jewish faith has a little phrase called tikkun olam. And that phrase means that every day that you live, 24 hours a day that you live, all of your life, you are supposed to do something to make life better for somebody. Kind of like that. It may be just making somebody smile. I had one little boy in our class named Waylon yesterday. I mean, his hair was going every which way in the world. Cold black hair, and, and I saw his name was Waylon. I looked at him, and Dale, I said, I like the name Waylon. I said, Waylon Jennings is one of my favorite singers. I know he's a little rough, but I kind of like him. Him and, him and Johnny Cash and, and, uh, and uh, that little guy with the bandana that drinks more moonshine than anybody can would. On the road again? Aha! Caught you, didn't I? <laughs> you don't know where Matthew's in the Bible. Yeah, that's Willie. That's Willie. <laughs> he said, I was named after Willie. I was named after Waylon. Cute little fellow. Liked him real well. After looking in front of them with anger, he said to the man, I love this. Only Jesus would do this. Stretch out your hand. He didn't mix saliva and mud. He didn't say, go find a fish if there's a coin in the fish's mouth. He didn't do like the Old Testament does, go dip in the water of, of Jordan seven times. He didn't do any hocus pocus and go, go, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Or, but nothing. He just said, stick your hand out there. Wouldn't you love to see that? A withered hand. You don't develop a withered hand. You're born with a withered hand. Wouldn't you just love to have stood there and watch him do that? And Jesus probably said, I rest my case. Not in your Bible like that, but it's a little bit like that. Stretch out your hand. And the Bible said he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. Now the next verse tells me exactly what can go wrong in doing right. There's nothing wrong with doing right. The Pharisees went out immediately and began conspiring with the Herodians against him, so how that they might destroy him. That don't make sense. Why in the world would you want to destroy somebody who's doing good things like that? Brenda and I, we are so blessed to have, I just love it when the men come down the house and they'll weed eat and they'll mow and carry on. They, they just do such a fine job. And, and I like to go out and just kind of man talk a little bit, but you know, just bull, that type of thing. Nothing important, nothing religious, just man talking. And this, this a couple of weeks ago, they were all down there, and one of my favorite stories, and Brenda was watching Joe with the weed eater. 
man, can he weed eat. And, and he was close to the neighbor's fence, and Brenda said, ow! And I said, what's the matter? She said, he got too close to a dog and cut off part of its tail. <laughs> Joe did that? Yeah, he did. So I was going to go out and see if I could help, and sure enough, Joe picked up that dog, Mike, put it in the car, truck, he had the truck, and drove off. Well, I felt sorry for the dog. I didn't feel sorry for, for Joe. And, and uh, I got his phone number, so I called him, and he, you could tell he was moving on down the road. I said, where are you going, Joe? He said, I'm going to Walmart. <laughs> Walmart? You cut off half that dog's tail. What are you going to Walmart for? He said, I read last night that Walmart is the number one retailer in the United States. I got to hurry. Don't bother me. I said, all right, all right, all right. I said, the poor guy don't know what in the world's going on. He think Walmart's a retailer and he's got a dog in there with half a tail sticking out of his rear end bleeding on his truck. And, and, and so I couldn't stand it. And about, about a couple of hours later, I want to call him and feel sorry for the crazy old guy. I said, you know, he, he don't know what he's doing. I said, I, what happened? He said, well, Walmart couldn't do it. You're kidding, Joe. <laughs> Nobody said, I'm all right. I'm just coming to now pulling into a car wash. He said, they got a sign out there that says they detailed perfectly. <laughs> I said, Brenda, I ain't even going to talk to that old man. He's not too high. <laughs> there ain't no truth in that story at all. <laughs> Didn't hurt you to laugh, did it? <laughs> Didn't bother you to laugh. Whoever started the rumor when you come to church, you got to get ugly. You got to look serious. You got to look religious. If you want to be a Christian, you got to be filled with the joy of the Lord. David was a womanizer. He hung out with the wrong crowd. He messed up every day of his life. The Bible tells me he was after the Lord's heart. And it was David who said, I don't want my money back. I don't want to be a king again. I'm sick and tired of smelling cheap. All I want back is the joy of my salvation. Just give me back my happiness. I want to meet this man who had the withered hand someday. Jesus got a lot of good, he got a lot of good advertising in here. Scribes and Pharisees got quite a bit. He goes on to talk about all those countries around the Middle East that came to hear Jesus for his healing power. But hit this guy just, can you imagine? He went home. If he had a wife, can you imagine Wayne going in and saying to his wife, I want you to see this. Look at this, look at this. That's the wow I talk about all the time. You know, I've been learning a lot of things lately in my life. Brenda's sister just retired teaching school down in East Burnstead, Kentucky. And she started a little thing, and she's got us doing it now. But I'm learning that you and I live so close to the spiritual and the physical, and 99% of the time we miss it. We go away and say it was accident. Happenstance. Can you imagine this happen? Don't work that way, does it, Celia? That's why I asked Celia to say what she said today. That Volkswagen just didn't come on the back of a truck in any normal way. It came in a special way, a very special way. And what Brenda's sister does is she started this little game of if she finds a penny or a nickel or a dime, whatever, she goes home and scotch tapes it in a little journal book and writes down the day she found it and where she found it. So we think well, anybody can do that. 
In our car, there are two pennies on the dash that I don't remember where we found them at. In the pickup truck out there, I got three pennies laying in the change thing on the console. You know why? Because I was too busy to write down the day that I found those little things. Could have been $10,000. Could have been a special blessing. Could have been a little healing. Could have been something that I missed. And you know, Brent and I talk, it is so hard to keep in mind all those little things we see all the time that are just a little bit outside the realm of accident. I think the Lord deals with us all the time. Celia, I think you I think you were in a Shekinah moment there. A marvelous Shekinah moment. And I think people in here and outside of here need to hear about that more and more all the time. I I I, I got show and tell. I got, that's not the that's something like that. I got, I got to show you something. That's not either. That's a different one. But I, it's in here somewhere because I, I brought it with me this morning. It's there. Several years ago, there was a dairy farmer down home that I know. It's all right. I've got it here. That's oil for next Sunday. Incidentally, if you've got something you want to be prayed for for healing, we're going to pray for it. That's a little bottle of oil. An oil of gladness. Let me tell you about that bottle of oil. You ain't going to believe it. You know what? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if you call me a liar, if you call me a fantasizer, if you tell me I'm out of my mind and it didn't happen. does not bother me one inch because I know what Peter said. When Peter said he was taken to the council and there in Acts chapter 4, he said, boys, you say all you want to say. All I know to do is tell you I can't testify to anything other than what I've seen and heard. If I've seen and heard of it, then get out of my face. That's not in the Bible, but it's a little bottle of oil. You couldn't get a drop in it if you had to. I stopped at a Christian bookstore and bought it. Farmer and his wife called me and said, we're having a lot of problems. We're not getting along. Our herd is beginning to lose quality in milk and prices down. There's evil on our farm. Would you come and anoint our farm? It's a true story. I love to tell it. So I took my little bottle of oil and I'd put a drop or two on the fence post and I'd drop or two on the fence and I went to the cows, went and put a drop or two on the backs of a few of the cows and, and went into the barn, went down through the stanchions where he was milking, went to the house, put a little on the house and then I walked oh the way around the perimeter of the farm and I keep dropping a little bit of oil and I got down there just had about three or four little drops left in the end and I came out of the last gate that came out on the road where you leave and I dropped it on shook it out shook it out put the lid back on put it in my pocket drove home pulled in the driveway at home and I got out now, here's the part I don't care what you think. I say that with love and respect. I got my little bottle out. And it was as full as you could get. I wanted to tell the whole world. They ain't going to believe 
For a long time, I was afraid to even go in front of a church and say that for fear somebody would say to me, Sandy, you're crazy. That's the box. I keep it at home in a little box. Can't get another drop in it. Oh, somebody said you probably had two bottles. And one bottle. That bottle. Can you explain it? No. No way in the world. I can't explain how a baby's born. I can't explain what happens when we die. I can't explain these mysteries. I no longer worry about explaining it. So I got the bottle. I got the bottle. Mark chapter 3, there's a man went home. Hey, Mary! Jane, whoever her name was. Come here! Look at this. You know what Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. <laughs> Let's stand, please. Father, thank you that you uh, allow us to laugh a little bit and tease each other. And I thank you for Joe that, Lord, I could play with him a little bit this morning. Thank you that we have her to smile a little bit and laugh with you. Thank, thank you for the singing this morning, for the girls who sang, for the congregational singing. Thank you for Dale leading, for, for the offering. Th thank you for every single soul being here. Thank you for you being here. Thank you, Father, for your love for us. Thank you for Dallas and for Robin and all the workers who, who play with these little kids all week long and taught them. And, and, and thank you, Lord, for helping me to realize that for the kids, it was more important to see Christ in the life of my wife and I now as it was to see something old and historic. Thank you, Father, for those little ones like Mandolin and old Whalen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for Wayland and all the other little Waylands that were there the last couple of days. Thank you for this morning. We know, Lord, you didn't have to give us today, but you did. Don't let us screw it up. I pray that you bless these young people. Bless the church from the youngest to the oldest. Father, if there's anybody visiting today, and I'm sure there are, I pray that you would help us to be for them what you would be for them if you were standing in with them. I ask now that you would dismiss us with your blessings. And Father, even in these closing moments, if anybody has a special need, I pray that you'd help them to respond. And Lord, we stand in your presence with the admonition and the question, who am I? Who am I? And we pray this in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen.